Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. In this episode, I talk about the various ways I'm like a goldfish, and also how I can't figure out what to do with all these CDs that I bought from the 90s. Is it time to let them go? Hello and thanks for listening. I'm Brad and today's show is all about getting honest with myself. I'm going through my all my stuff. Uh, I just decided to do some fall cleaning and I'm blown away by the amount that I've accumulated. I feel like a goldfish. You know how like the goldfish basically gets as big as the tank will allow? Well, that's what's happening to me in this house. I mean, when I first moved in, I thought, this place is is more than enough space. I'll I'll never run out of room. And here I am. Total hypocrite. Because I've always called myself a minimalist, but uh I, I don't think I can <laughs> I don't think I can go around saying that anymore. Because there's just things I can't get rid of. Uh for instance, musical instruments. I'm staring at a, a guitar that I haven't played in years, uh, because I, I upgraded and I just can't let it go. Too many, too many memories with that one. And also computer equipment for some reason. I have, I don't even want to tell you like how much (laughs) monitors and keyboards and spare parts and actual computers themselves that I just can't let go of. It's, I don't know. And what the weird part is, I don't even play video games that much. I mean, I'll get into some occasional Minecraft or uh, like old NES games but that's not that often. You know, I got to be like on homecation when that happens. But it's, I don't get it. I don't know why I have to hold on to all this stuff. And the worst one, though, for me at least, is CDs. I mean, they're just in milk crates right now. It just collecting dust because I can't let them go. Um, I mean, I should because you know, CDs are not like vinyl. I'll never get rid of my records. I mean, I'm sort of in between record players right now, so I don't really listen to much vinyl, but I don't have uh, a desire to get rid of vinyl because to me, they're much larger. You know, they're, I don't know, the uh, artwork is better. They're not as small. I mean, uh, CDs are only like 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. So it's never going to be something that you'd want to hang on your wall like a record. Uh, and the jewel cases, they're ugly as as well. I mean, they break, they get all scratched. But the attachment is most of my CDs were purchased from 1990 to 2005, I'd say. That was about the time that I went to iTunes for most of my music. And it's hard for me to just get rid of them. I mean, I know they're just little pieces of plastic, but... It just represents each one of them like a uh, different chapter in my life back then, even up until recently. I think the last CD I bought was Father John Misty's. Actually, Kim got that one for me, but that was the last CD, that one in the War on Drugs. And But they just represent a different chapter in my life. I mean, back then I couldn't consume music like I do now. I, I got the chance to like really know the album back then. 
And I couldn't afford, because the main reason, I couldn't afford to buy another album before the next payday. That's how it was in the 90s. I remember getting, uh, I remember getting Sunvolt's first album, Trace, and I didn't like it at all on the first few listens. Uh, probably three or four into it, I just almost wrote it off. And then one early Sunday morning, I threw it in, giving it one last chance, and it just hit me. It was just how awesome it was, how amazing this album is. And now it's one of my favorite albums. If I had Spotify back then, I probably would have never discovered Sunvolt, or I would have discovered them and just written them off right away. And that would have been a tragedy because I love that band, and that album is among my top ten. Um, I feel like so much music, I get so much music now that I think, wow, this is great on one hand, but then it has a dark side to it that maybe there's too much music for me to have my hands on. Um, now if I give an album two listens, I'm pretty much done with it. If it hasn't pulled me in at that point, I'm done. And the joke's on me because... I'm missing out on probably some great albums out there if I would only be forced to give them another couple of attempts, another couple of listens before I just wrote it off. And I don't know, some of my favorite albums like Tracer ones that I didn't necessarily love at first. And then the opposite's true, where I would listen to an album that I thought was amazing first couple times out of the gate. And now going back to it, I can see that I was way over appraising it. I'm not going to name any names because that would be rude. But um, there's definitely albums that I loved on the first time around. And now I, <laughs> I'm ashamed to even say what they are. So I'm not going to go there. At least not in this episode. It is crazy to have access to all this music. And I'll be honest, sometimes I don't feel good about it. Not only because I'm not getting to know the album like I should, but because the musicians are getting paid even less now. It, uh, I looked this up, for every thousand plays, it looks like an unsigned artist gets $6.40 from Apple and $3.80 from Spotify. YouTube really rips them off. It's only $0.60 cents for every thousand uh, plays or streams, but I bet... Maybe their music, the new YouTube music service is better. Hopefully they're paying them more with that one. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Let's look up, I just want to see who's making money off the streaming. So let's do most stream song ever go. All right. Ooh, it's a, it's Despacito. Uh, apparently between the original version and the more popular with Bieber, uh... Louis Fonza and Daddy Yankee have racked up an incredible 4.6 billion views, views, plays. But uh, there, there you go. I guess it makes sense. It shouldn't surprise me, right? Um, that's the kind of song that everybody likes. Well, I guess I don't hate it, but man, I, I think it's way overrated. I just, I'll say that. Um Let's see, who else here? Taylor Swift, uh, she made between two eighty and 390000 for Shake It Off. 
which got 46 million streams. I mean, but these are people that are megastars. Um, most people are not making or getting this many streams. It's more than most musicians are going to get in three lifetimes if they were able to do it. But those are also the best musicians, in my opinion. Um, they're, they're amazing, and they're the kind of band that I think would be really affected by this. And I just I think it's not fair what's going on right now. And what will happen, in my opinion, is that musicians, they're always going to make music because it's just in their DNA and they've got to do it. But it's going to happen less frequently and you might not hear about as much music at that point. Um, they're going to have a day job that consumes most of their time and they're going to have to just write songs when they get the opportunity. Uh, there are some, some upsides to streaming though. It's, it's not all negative. I did get a kick out of this story. Uh, Nelly got hit with a $2.4 million tax bill and so his fans decided to try to help him out. And they started a streaming campaign uh, to basically get hot in here <laughs> streamed around the clock. So while they slept at work, basically every chance they got, they just had hot in here on repeat. And until my phone dies, I'm going to stream Nelly all day. It was called the Save Nelly campaign. And I swear I'm not making this up. Um, the math, though, just didn't quite work out. Um, he would have had to gotten 287 million streams to get that and that's before all the lawyers and labels and contributors and walking down the hallway fees are taken out so yeah sorry Nelly you gotta pay your gotta pay your taxes man I mean I I don't know the whole story behind that but I just don't feel that sorry for him uh, maybe I'm being insensitive but I, I don't know as a, as a salary w2 working guy I, I have to pay taxes on every red cent so you should too Nelly <laughs> anyway oh man so yeah but beyond all that I I just need to get rid of these CDs they're just piling up and I I gotta get rid of them I mean they're no they're just no longer practical and I like to think of myself that you know if things are not practical I don't keep them um, but I'm a hypocrite because here I am surrounded by CDs. I don't even own a CD player anymore. That's the funny part. It's I think the only CD player I have access to right now, besides a gaming console, would be in the car. So it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's just something I'm holding on to for nostalgic sake. I mean, do it. It's when you think about it logically. Do I think I'm going to get rid of these CDs and then I'll just lose all the memories I had of the music? Like, is that is that where my mind goes? Um, is it like that I have to admit that these things that I spent so much money on <laughs> during my youth and once just treasured um, more than any other material object, uh, they're just no longer useful. I mean, they did serve a purpose. I'm still listening to most of the stuff now, but um, just not in a physical form or what I originally, you know, obtained. And I'm just getting all sentimental over these inanimate objects. I'm, 
I did find, let's see here, this is a good list. Top excuses for keeping stuff we don't need. Uh, one, number one, in case I need them in the future, 63%. I don't think this one applies to me because, I mean, unless something crazy happens and streaming stops, then, you know, I don't, I don't see me pulling out the CD player in the future. Okay, here it is. Number two, this is my main reason, sentimental reasons. Most people, it was like uh, over half, 51% on that one. Uh, oh, I love this one. Number three, to sell in the future. <laughs> I don't, I don't have any delusions here. No one wants to buy my scratched up old CDs. Um, that was 26% though. So a quarter of you people out there think that you're going to sell all your old stuff and you might. So who am I to judge? Um, number four is I feel guilty for getting rid of them. Bingo. That's, that's the other big one on these CDs for me. That was 22%. And the last one is in case I want to give them as a gift, 19%. Uh, that's the one I always see on, uh, a lot of these I see on that show Hoarders um, because, you know, they, they've always got a list of reasons, but I maybe shouldn't judge them so much because here I am. I'm probably, uh, with at least CDs anyway, a micro hoarder. There's an argument to be made there. <laughs> a reason I that's not listed here that I think plays into this is that stuff doesn't change. I mean, I change like all the time, but I, you know, I can go back to my stuff and remember who I was back then. And things are basically, I like to think of them like mediums to memories and but at the end of the day, I, I don't rely on the CDs, right, to define myself. So I think it's time to let them go. Who's coming with me on this one? Anybody? Okay, time for some coffee. Hold on a sec. That coffee, I started off not liking it at all. It's uh, the chameleon, but I went with the whole bean. I like their, their ice brew so much that I, when I saw this, I had to give it a go. Because and, and maybe it was because my expectations were really high. And that's the mother of all uh, disappointments. So I'm trying out the whole bean version because I did like the iced coffee so much. And it's, I started out hating it. It wasn't great. And it was a little too, I almost tasted like flavored coffee um, in a way which I cannot stand flavored coffee, like the raspberry and the chocolate and the hazelnut. I mean, to me, that's just, it's an abomination uh, uh, and just a bad idea. I've never had a good flavored coffee, but this didn't bill itself as a flavored coffee. It just says bright coffee. It just did not have a good aftertaste. And the more I drink it though, the better I, I do like it. I don't know that I'd get it again. I mean, maybe it's, it might be one of those, it might be like Sunvolt where I have to appreciate it a little more. Stop, stop rushing through all these things, <laughs> give them their fair shake. You know what I mean? So I'll have to get back to you, but for now it's, it's not bad. I give it a, a B. I'm going to go with a B for now, maybe a low B minus. All right. So another way I'm like a goldfish 
you didn't think I was going to come around to that, did you? You thought I you thought I had gone way off the rails. <laughs> but no. Another way that I am like a goldfish is driving in directions. Uh, I just can't be bothered to remember how to get to somebody's house. Uh, I mean, if I go there regularly, I will. But And I don't think it's a memory problem because I have... I can tell you Beatles trivia and who played guitar on this album and uh, all that stuff. But if you ask me how to get to my friend's house that I haven't been to in six months or longer, eh, forget about it. I'm just, I am spoiled by technology. I I remember, (laughs) do you remember what it was like when you had to print the map quest directions. Oh, and I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I thought no more having to ask uh, for directions and writing them down or using a map. Uh, I could just print this uh, step-by-step instructions. And, you know, now that just sounds so, so old. Uh, my daughter, she's never going to know what that's like. Um that's just going to sound so like old fashioned to her. Like you printed directions, <laughs> you know, but even further back than that, than printing the map quest, uh, was having to ask, you know, just random strangers for directions. And, oh God, that was a crap shoot. You know, just depending on who, who you got there, luck of the draw. Um, if you were really organized, you had the maps though. And I remember in elementary school, they taught us how to fold the maps. You know, you'd unfold it and then you'd fold it back, uh, which of course I was horrible at. I mean, it took me a few <laughs> times to get that down. Um, I don't know that I could do it now, to be honest with you. If I'm being totally real, I know everybody out there is like, you can't fold a map, but uh, I'm not going to oversell it. If you had a map here and you said, unfold this, fold it back, maybe I get it okay. But, uh, you know, it's... People are losing those skills, those tactile, like uh, being able to read a map properly. Um, I like to hike, and so I'm always kind of following that. And it seems like more and more people are getting lost because they are depending on their devices, you know, rather than being able to properly read a map or a compass to get back. Um, I just, I sometimes wonder if we are evolving with these devices or going back, devolving, if you will. Maybe this is just part of it. Maybe it's it's just the human evolution. This is the direction that we were supposed to go, that we're supposed to go. I mean, we don't think like, oh my God, cars are so horrible. Let's go back to the horse-strong carriage. Um, very few people are doing that. And... I do think, though, it's good to have a balance between the digital and the analog. Um, these tools are great, but that's only until they're not. So I, I don't know. I think it's just best not to obsess one way or the other. You know, like hanging on to old things just because that's how it's always been done is bad. And as well as depending too much on technology and thinking it's the only way uh, that humans can survive. Um, we all know that's not true, but I don't know. My internet connection goes down. I start to freak. I'm one of those people. Um, knock on wood. All right. Okay. Time for me to get rid of these CDs. 
Does anybody want them? Uh, if you do, just let me know. Uh, you can message me, the Coffee Buzz Podcast at gmail.com uh, or the website, the Coffee Buzz Podcast.com. Until next week, stay true to form. <laughs>